Hi, Timmy Whispers here from Gimme the Hot Sauce Podcast. The two-way V4 features groundbreaking use of fuel cell technology with fresh foam, creating the ultimate combination of rebound and cushioning. Fuel cell gives you the ultimate energy return, ensuring every step feels explosive and dynamic. Fresh foam offers unparalleled cushioning for maximum comfort for the entire game. The upper construction features a lightweight textile that reduces weight while remaining supportive and breathable. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way at newbalance.com. Hey, it's Timmy Whispers from Stacey King's Give Me the Hot Sauce podcast. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track, all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads, three-year, 30,000-mile complimentary maintenance, and America's best warranty. Ensure you can take on any adventure. I'm planning on going river rafting this weekend, and I'm ready to head out on the trails with all-wheel drive. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. America's best warranty claim based on total package of warranty programs. See dealer for limited warranty details. Complimentary maintenance included Hyundai approved oil and oil filter change, except for electric vehicles and fuel cell electric vehicles, plus tire rotation, normal factory schedule maintenance intervals for three years or 36,000 miles, whichever comes first. More frequent maintenance due to severe driving conditions or conditions is excluded. Offer valid only for new 2020 or 2024 Hyundai models purchased or leased on or after February 1st, 2020. See your Hyundai dealer for further details and limitations. This is episode 83. We also are coming at you live on Twitch. Want to say hello to all the folks on Twitch. Hello. Stacy's here. Timmy Whispers is here. Adio. Our excellent production crew. They got things rolling here, and uh, we're going to crown an NBA champion either on Thursday night. We're taping this on uh, – we're live on Twitch, but we're also going to have it live on YouTube. on Twitch. And <laughs> your favorite podcast carriers later tonight. So, Stacy could be a new NBA champion. You think Golden State gets it done on Thursday? No, no, <laughs> I, I don't. And the only reason why I say that is because Boston has proven, Mark, that they always bounce back after a loss. They're going to be at home. It's going to be tough for Golden State to, to finish. But they have the mindset of a champion. Golden State has the, the mentality they can go in there and finish. And they're going to have to play lights out because Boston is going to come out and, and do everything they can. Listen, Boston should have been up 3-1. You know, this really should probably be a 3-2 series going back, you know, finishing here in Boston right now. They blew that game when it was 2-2. And, uh, and the thing that's plagued them this whole series, Mark, is the turnovers. They turn the ball over, and quick shots have killed them. Uh, when they execute and they take care of the basketball and the assists are up, they're tough to beat. But when they turn that ball over, man, it's, it's, it's lights out. They're in trouble. Yeah, the stat that they had, that they have over 16 turnovers, they're like 1-7 and seven or something like that. So they've got to take care of the ball, especially at home. And Jason Tatum is shooting around 30% from, on twos. So he's got to get going because he was first-team All-NBA this year. He's the guy that's really got to carry that offense. Both him and Jalen Brown uh, have to play at a high level, and then you got to get that third option. It could be Marcus Smart. It could be Al Horford. Uh, you know, Williams is going to give you defense and, and, and shot blocking. Uh, Grant Williams is going to give you – he hasn't played well in the last two or three games. That's really hurt. Derek White hasn't played well. 
their role players haven't stepped up and, and picked up the pace for it a little bit. Um, that's been a big reason why they struggled. Uh, I believe there's so much pressure on on Jason Tatum to carry this team to the finals because he was, you know, all NBA. He had his great playoff series against Miami and Brooklyn, so people expect him to do the same thing. Um, the problem is, is that, you know, he he's, has to be a playmaker. Um, he's settling a little bit too much for jump shots and not attacking the basket with his athletic ability. And then on the other end, uh, Andrew Wiggins has played. I mean, he could might be a, an opportunity to win the MVP Finals. It's a hell of a defender too, doing a nice. Job oh man! I mean, all the people who slept on Andrew Wiggins is looking back now, going, "Wow, this is uh, uh, we gotta you know eat some crow because his ads went from two hundred one to four to one an MVP. For MVP, really. Yeah. Dun, 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 dun. That was breaking news from Whispers, ladies and gentlemen. You know, yeah. he, you know keep you know, up on that stuff. He keeps up on the betting. You know, guy. You know, he loses it, a lot of horse races, but he likes to give people odds. I won a bet earlier though today. Which one did you win? Uh, you throwing up that garbage? Oh away? man, get out of here with that. Okay, well, listen, America. Mark, are America, you a witness? America. Me and Tim always had these little side bets that we bet. I had a little trash. I was eating at Quiznos for lunch, you know, and I had a little trash, and I was shooting with my left hand. I told, you know, I'm, I'm about 30 feet away from the bucket, and uh, I bet Tim that I could make it $5, okay? So the bet was $5, I make it. Well, as I shoot the, the trash to go in, Tim deflected it. <laughs> and put his hand out there and hit the paper to make me miss the shot. Now he's expecting $5. So I hit the old, you remember the old Popeye show, America? Wimpy, I'll gladly pay you Tuesday for a hamburger yeah, yeah, today. Yeah, yeah. That's what I told Tim, but he's not getting anything. He's getting absolutely nothing. Wow. The deflection. It sounds like an episode of Seinfeld, back and to the left. You know, <laughs> the old spitting episode. See how he throws the left hand in there when he's a lefty? Yeah. Oh, see, I didn't think I didn't think America knew that. <laughs> yeah, I, I was using my left hand, which I am left-handed. <laughs> okay, whispers, enough from you. Hey, we appreciate everybody that's watching on the live Twitch feed. We've got a hi from live. Poland already, and, and the U cases they're well represented. So we thank you for joining part. If you got some questions, send them along the way, and we will try to read a few of them as we go along. Because I know a lot of people are curious about what the Bulls are going to do in the upcoming draft, which is one week from today. And we're going to have a special live Twitch show, Stacy, coming up next Thursday. The draft starts right about 6.30 Central Time. We're going to be here live throughout the first round. We'll take you through all the picks, what we consider good picks, bad picks, what might be coming up, and whether AK makes a big move. A lot of rumors that potentially the Bulls could be looking to deal that number 18 pick for maybe some guy who can help right away because the Bulls aren't messing around. they got two more years of DeMar DeRozan under contract, and they want to make sure they have to put the best team possible on the court. Well, I mean, there's rumors that Zach Levine is going to re-sign with the Bulls, so that's great news for – I mean, until he signs, you know, uh, you know, we still have to wait. But it, it looks like he's going to re-sign with the Bulls, which now they'll get their core group back intact. you still got Vooch here. Um, you hear rumors about the Bulls moving him, and I, I don't see that happening. I know he's under, you know, he's under contract for another season. I think you're going to get a great Vooch this year uh, because he's under contract, and this might be the last time he gets a big, big deal. So I think that's important. Um, you know, you got Patrick Williams is out in L.A. You know, as we're going to be talking to him about what his summer's been like. Um, so the core group is what is so important for the Bulls to get to that next level past the first round, and they're going to have that group intact. Whispers, you see this on the uh, Twitch chat. One guy named uh, JV Just Five says, Timmy Whispers for Defensive Player of the Year with that deflection. That's true. Oh, my but they don't know that deflection was actually a farting sound. Oh, <laughs> oh my. We've been, oh, using, okay. we've been using that for years, just as the guy's about to shoot. Stacy's got, <laughs> got the bullshit button, yeah. Yep. America. Oh, hit it. 
Oh boy. <laughs> This is what we have to deal with right now. We don't have we don't. What's that? What's that? That red button that they have. Even when I win bets, I pay. Yeah, the easy button. The easy button. We don't yeah. have the easy button. We got the bullshit button. Okay, so and when Tim Timmy Whisper says something that's bullshit, I'm gonna hit it about three times. So you might hear the man say three different things, America. Yeah, Stacy was talking about that article that came out a couple of days ago on Bleacher Report. Jake Fisher, I believe, was the reporter. He had a number of different things in there. One, he said that talk around the league is that. Most likely, Zach Levine will be committing to more time with the Bulls, a long-term max extension. He also mentioned the fact that the Bulls could explore the trade market for Nikola Vucevic, which is no surprise. Vuce is going to be an expiring contract. And Stacy, in a rarity, his, his salary number actually goes down for the upcoming season. So if they wanted to make a move with him, I'm sure there'd be a lot of teams that could be interested. And the Rudy Gobert stuff isn't going away, but from what I've been hearing, Utah is asking so much for Gobert, plus the huge contract. I think it's going to take it out of the realm of even possibility. Well, I mean, listen, the Bulls are are right there. You know, they're a couple of pieces away. If they if they you know maneuver themselves, and like I said, you got to trust you know AK and and Mark Eversley, JJ Polk, the front office for the Bulls, they know what they're doing. So the rumors are the 18 pick and Kobe White uh, and trying to move that pick and trying to get somebody. I could see that happening. Kobe White, I'm telling you right now. Uh, I, I'm a Kobe White fan, you know, and I know you have to, in order to get something, Mark, you got to give up something. They've made, the Bulls have made it clear that Patrick Williams is in their long-term plans. Uh, he was their first draft pick, so I don't really see them, you know, moving him unless it's something that's going to knock their, their socks off, and you have to do it. Um, Kobe wasn't their pick, you know, and Kobe has got value. I mean, he's a shooter. You need scores. He can shoot threes. He can play point. He can play two. Uh, he can come off your bench and be your sixth man. So he has value out there. And so they're looking at all options. They may not even trade him. You know, you don't know how serious they are about moving him in the 18th pick. That's just a lot of people talking. You don't know that. But if they are looking at that direction, that means that they're serious about making this team better. And the wheeling and dealing has already started. The Dallas Mavericks, who made it to the Western Conference Finals this year, made a trade. They traded four bench players and a future number one pick to pick up Christian Wood from the Houston Rockets. Wood is a guy that averaged 15 and 10, and I think in that Dallas system, he could be their starting center. Oh, man, let me tell you something. The Dallas Mavericks, this is what, hey, America, this is what they did. They ran into the bank. <laughs> they ran into the bank, America. We're a whole, this is a stick up. We want Christian Wood, and we're going to give you Boban. We're going to give you Trey, Trey Burke, <laughs> and we're going to give you the equipment manager for Christian Wood. Yeah. They, they absolutely robbed Houston. Houston, if they really wanted to move from, from Christian Wood, they could have gotten so much more yeah. for that kid. That kid is a very good player. He's a double-double guy. He's a rim diver, finishes at the rim. Uh, it's only going to make Dallas. You just gave Dallas an opportunity to be a top-three team in the West. Now, you pair him up. With uh, the big kid, uh, uh, the other kid that's a jumping kid athlete, they got uh, they got two bigs now that are interchangeable that can actually get out there and guard the pick Dwight and Powell rolls. Dwight Powell, you talking about? Powell, Dwight yeah. Powell, two athletic bigs that can get out there and switch guard, you know, guard smaller players, defend the three point line. Why? Why, <laughs> Houston? Why? So Why many would you of these do that? General managers in rebuild mode. All they look at is, oh. is cap space and draft picks, and they get so oh. fixated. You know, Sam Presti made another trade where he picked up another first-round draft pick. You know, for taking on the contract of Jamichael Green, it's like. How many draft picks can you use? Well, and, and, and the draft is so uncertain. Are there? I mean, for every draft, you're, I mean, you may get five, six players in that draft, and 
a lot of them might be drafted later. You know, you're getting all these picks. It's great to have picks mean a lot more than what they did, say, five, six years ago. People are trying to stockpile. Uh, Oklahoma City is a small market team. They're never going to be able to to be able to pay the big money. You know, they had Durant. They had to leave, let him go because they couldn't pay him. He had James Harden, couldn't pay him. Westbrook was making too much money. He had to get rid of him. Serge Ibaka, look at all the talent that they had to give up. You know, they were those were homegrown talent drafted players by Sam Presti, and he had to give them all up. So they need draft picks. They need to develop guys. And so when they get these draft picks, their whole purpose is to develop these guys and then be able to move from them and be able to get something back in return. But it seems like they just keep keep trading, develop the draft pick, and then trade it for another draft pick. Yeah. <laughs> That's what right, it seems right. like. Yeah. So where are you going with this? Keep bringing in younger players. It never seems to work that way. You know, a lot of rising and falling based on uh, team workouts and physicals and different things. And we're, we're hearing some guys are rising in the draft. Some guys are falling. Uh, one guy that seems to be falling a little bit is this uh, Tyree Eason from LSU. He was originally projected back into the lottery. Now I'm hearing he could be available at 18. Here's a guy that's like 6'8", 6'9". His wingspan is over 7 feet. He could fit in really nicely on the Bulls front line if he's available there. Well, I think he's going to be available. Um, you know, he's again. We talked about this, Mark. Guys, guys are going to be that were expected to be lottery picks are going to drop. It's just the way it is. Maybe they have a bad workout. Maybe somebody puts something out there about the kid that makes people scared to take him. Maybe it's attitude. You know, talking to their college coaches or or, or people that are affiliated with them. You know, they find out the kid has a bad attitude. Uh, there's so many different things and so many different variables that can make a kid fall. But if you're a team that's in that 15 to the end of the first round, that's what you want to hear because you're going to get a kid that was projected as a lottery pick at 15, 16, 17, 18. That is a high value pick. That is a high, this high risk, low reward uh, type of, well, I'm going to take it back, low risk, high reward when you get a player like that you know, that late in the draft. So you got to take the best player available. And if they do that and that kid turns out to be a stud or a good two-way player or a good rotational player, that team picked up a stud. Now, when you came out of Oklahoma, you knew that you were going to be one of the top picks in the draft. I don't know if you traveled to a bunch of teams. You got any favorite story of the whole process leading up to the draft? <laughs> oh, America, I can write a book. <laughs> okay, so I went to Indiana. I went to Indiana, and I didn't work out because when you're a lottery pick, you don't work out. Yeah. So I went to Indiana, and they gave me, like, the Wonderlook test. Like, they gave me this test. I'm, I'm sitting there like, why are we doing this? You know, are we going to do any basketball drills or whatever? And they wanted to test your IQ. You know, it was like, you know, it's like crazy questions, you know, like, um, you know, what's the difference between red and blue? You know, <laughs> okay. Um, you know, yeah. How do you answer that? You know, two different colors, you know? Um, but it was crazy. My, my time in Chicago, uh, came here. Um, I, I liked it cause, uh, you know, I got a chance to come to Chicago. I wanted to come play for DePaul and, Pretty, if you've been following the stories, uh, America, if you're new, uh, I got re recruited by DePaul and was really close to coming to play for the Blue Demons. And uh, something happened that changed my mind. And uh, so I ended up going to University of Oklahoma. But I ended up in Chicago anyway. And so uh, when I came here for the pre-draft workout, um, the, you know, the Bulls wanted me to work out. I, I didn't really, my agent told me, which was David Falk, says, don't work out. You know, we don't want you to get hurt, blah, blah, blah. The Bulls kind of coaxed me into it. The late, great Johnny Bach kind of coaxed me into it and says, uh, you know, you know, where are you, where are you from? And I said, I'm from Oklahoma. He said, are you born and raised in Oklahoma? I go, yeah, I'm, I was born and raised in Oklahoma. 
And he said, there's only two things come out of Oklahoma. <laughs> <laughs> and it was Which the old, one are you? <laughs> it was the old officer and gentleman line. And if you've seen that movie, you know what it is. And he asked me, which one are you? And he said, if you're not going to work out, then I already know which one you are. So it kind of challenged me. So I said, okay, all right, Ben Franklin. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to, because he looked like Ben Franklin. I said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to work out. So I work out for him. I'm doing all this court work, running, jumping, you know. So they said, okay, you know, we're going to amp it up a little bit. You're not going to get hurt. And Doug Collins was a coach. So Doug Collins was that coach. So he said, we're going to amp it up a little bit. We're going to put a little resistance on. I'm like, all right, cool. So as long as you don't hurt me, I'm, we're good. No, no, no one's going to hurt you. Just give you a little resistance. So they bring in this guy. We, this is when we used to practice at the health club, um, the multiplex over in Deerfield. So that's when it was, a, it was a health club. So anybody could be in there or whatever. So I see this gangly guy with like, you know, salt and gray hair, you know, <laughs> just look, just look disheveled, you know, and, and maybe a little high. Yeah. Just, just, I mean, he was a big dude, big dude, you know, broad shoulders. And, you know, I, you know, watching the Bulls games because, you know, Harvey Grant, the twin of Horace Grant, we used to watch the Bulls on WGN all the time. Yeah. So I had a little insight of the Bulls being, you know, being a teammate of Harvey. So I assumed it was Dave Corzine because it looked just like Dave Corzine. So he comes in, you know, he's all, you know, just, oh, you know, he's just coming in. And um, I'm like, they bringing Dave Corzine in? Like, this is not really good for me because, you know, I'm battling this guy for his job, you know, and he's going to work yeah, out. You don't want to get hurt. I don't yeah. want to get hurt, yeah. you know. So I, I said, you know, forget it. Let's go. So I go in there and, and I'm posted up. And he's kind of physical. He's banging me, bam, hit me in the back, and just really, really being physical. So I turned around. I turned around. I said, "Hey, Dave, Dave, man, Dave Corzine, chill, bro, <laughs> chill. It's not that serious. Like you're not even supposed to be hitting me. Shut up and play." And he called me the p word. Yeah. In America, you know what that means, and you don't call a guy that. Okay. So I'm like, I looked at him. I'm like, you just call me that? Like, okay, dude, right? Corzine. Yeah, I'm like, all right, okay, Corzine. So I, we get to doing it. I'm posting up. I go to make a spin move. I go up to take the shot, and he hard fouls me and kind of slams me to the ground. And I got up, and I said, man, what are you doing? Like, you're not supposed to do that. Shut up. Shut up and play. The P word again. So, okay, I said, okay, Dave Corzine, I got something for you. Okay, you want to play like this? So my mindset now is I got to show these coaches that I'm not soft because I'm not. Because, I mean, I'll throw hands with you in a minute. So, but I said, I don't want to do anything anything crazy because, I, I, you know, if I get drafted here, you know, if I fall in the draft, they got to draft me, and I don't want them to think I have a bad attitude. But I couldn't let this dude do that and get away with it. So, Dave Corzine. So, I'm posting up again. They said, so, Doug's laughing. And I don't know why everybody's laughing at this point. So, they're all laughing. I, I said, all right, I got something for Dave Corzine. So, they throw me the ball. He said, do the same move. So I cool. So he throw, throws the ball in. I crab dribble to the middle and quick spin baseline. And as I went baseline, I elbowed who I thought was Dave Corzine <laughs> in the face. Pow! And he's like, oh! <laughs> and then I dumped the ball. Boom! And then when I dumped the ball, I took my legs and wrapped around his like his waist, and I just was like twisting him. And then I slung him out of bounds. And then I said, "You play." And I gave him the p word. Boom! I threw the ball, and he was like, he immediately charged at me. <laughs> <laughs> and it was so slow. It was so slow. Like, he was so slow. Like, I'm, I said, I'm finna kill this dude. Like, he's like, Aah! And as I get ready to give him a two-piece with no biscuit and soda, <laughs> Eric, Eric Helen, the strength coach, who was 25 at the time, comes flying out of nowhere and grabs me and pins me up against the wall. No, don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. So Jerry's like, Riley, what are you doing? You can't do that. And, and, you know, he's all upset. The coaches are laughing. Doug was, like, slapping his hand. Like, yeah, that's what I'm talking about. 
So they said, Stacy, go go take a shower. So I'm going to the shower. Eric Allen's walking me to the to the locker room. He goes, Hey man, he goes, Boy, you you're feisty. You got a temper. We need guys like you here for the Pistons. And I'm like, Man, look. Uh, listen, they probably won't draft me now because after this, they're not going to draft me. He said, no, no, if you're there, they're going to draft you because they need players like you. And he said, man, you know who you got into it with? And I go, yeah, Dave Corzine. So he starts <laughs> laughing. And I'm getting, I'm really getting pissed now because everybody's laughing every time I say Dave Corzine. So he's like, he's like, ha, ha. he's like, no, man, you ever heard of Phil Jackson? And I, and I you know, at that time, I didn't know who Phil Jackson was. I'm like, I don't know who Phil Jackson, who is he? Is he from the CBA? Who is he from? He's like, he's assistant coach. He's the second, you know, second in command as second assistant coach. And you almost punched him. And I'm like, oh. And at that point, I knew I wasn't coming to Chicago. I was like, it's over, baby. So then I go shower, and I'm feeling like I'm feeling like crap now because I'm like, man, they think I got a bad attitude. They think yeah, I, yeah. You know, I'm uncoachable. So I come in the, in, the, in the meeting with Jerry, and Jerry's sitting there, and he's like, you know, he's like, you know, I just want to tell you, you can't, you can't do that. You know, what if the Pistons do that and someone does that to you and, you you know, you get ejected, it hurts the team, you know? And I told him, I said, hey, Mr. Krause, I'm sorry. I said, you know, where I'm from, you hit me, I'm going to hit you back. You slap me, I'm going to slap you harder. That's just where I'm from. And then, you know, Doug's in the back like, yeah, that's what I'm talking We need that, man. We need that mentality. So I was like, man, the coach liked it. So I'm like, okay, cool. So then Phil comes in, you know, and he's showered and everything, and he's, he's walking in slow. I mean, he looks like Slender Man, that movie Slender Man. He's like real, like, you know, he's like gangly coming in. And I'm sitting in a chair. So I'm thinking to myself, where I'm from, I got to know if this is over. And he's like, you know. <laughs> so I'm immediately like getting ready to pounce up because, you know, I didn't want him to jump on me when I'm in a chair. I mean, I'm done for. So I jumped up and was like, are we done? <laughs> is this over? And he's like. Hey, everything's good. Everything's cool. I'm Phil Jackson. Uh, I'm like, I'm sorry, Coach. Man, I thought you was Dave Cuisine. My bad, man. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And so uh, they all laughed about it. But that was uh, that story is uh, is a uh, pretty uh, is a funny story. So every time that he he didn't give you the minutes you were thinking about, it was oh, all hey, goes listen, back to that incident. America, America. Listen, if you follow me in my college career. I could not be guarded. Nobody could guard me. I averaged almost 30 points a game as a senior in college. The only person, I say this story all the time on this show, the only person that could guard Stacey King at the NBA level was Phil Jackson. <laughs> that, just like Michael Jordan, the only person that could guard Michael in college or hold Michael under 20 was Dean, Dean Smith. Smith. Yeah. Well, it's the same thing with Phil Jackson. That's the only guy that could stop Stacey King. His defense, he was first team all defense when it came to me. I love Phil, though. Great coach and uh, awesome dude. And uh, like I said, I, I mean, I had some great memories of Phil. It was rocky in the beginning, you know, for both me and BJ. Um, because, they, you know, we're, you're drafting in the lottery. I was a lottery pick. They had three first-round picks that year. They, they were a 50-win team. That's the reason now the NBA has put that protection pick in, that you can't trade a protected pick. Right. That, we're that, we're, that draft was the reason why they did that. The Bulls really kind of started that. So, um in the beginning, you know, trying to fit in a role on a championship caliber team was tough. But once we bought into the system and put our egos to the side and not worried about how many points we score and yeah. all that stuff, uh, it was tough. I ain't going to lie. Because when you come from a place where, you know, you got the green light and then all of a sudden now they're telling you when you can score, like uh, tonight you're just going to rebound and play defense. And you're like, what? And then there'll be nights like Stacy, we're turning you loose. We need we need 20, 20 or more. And I'll be like, oh, thank you. They released the released the beast. <laughs> so even, even with all the analytics now in today's game and all the uh, measurements they do, all the physical testing, it still comes down to 
who wants it the most, who has the strength and the character to be a champion. And uh, Stacy obviously passed that test. So for all these youngsters that are hoping to get drafted in the first round, they're traveling from city to city, and they have to make sure that they can show potential employers that they can be an asset to their organization. So some things never change. Hey, Patrick Williams is a guy who's trying to fit in the with Paul. the Chicago Bulls, and uh, he's looking forward to a big third season in the NBA. Right now, Patrick is working out with DeMar DeRozan out in Los Angeles, so the paw is on deck. But before we bring him in, I want to tell you about our good friend, Jeff Vukovic, who's one of our great sponsors. He is a loyal Bulls fan. You see him at the United Center attending those games. So when it comes to insurance for your auto, home, and business, we invite you to make sure that to contact the king of insurance. That's our guy, Jeff Vukovic, at jeffvuk.com. That's jeffvuk.com. If you're watching, uh, you see it on the screen right now that uh, all his particulars, make sure to contact him for all your insurance needs. And Stacy, remember, Nationwide is on your side. <laughs> Woo! I like oh. this new mic. Yeah. I like America. Yeah. I feel like a singer in here. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> Baby, I love you. Ooh. You're going to be standing up soon with that new hip, huh? Hey, really hey, get into oh, it. America. I just want to say America. Wait a minute, America. I just want to say this is this is pure dedication and work That's ethic. That's right. Okay? I just had hip surgery last week. Yeah, nine, hip, nine days after surgery. Nine right? days after surgery. I'm back in the Sriracha and the, the Hustle and Flow studios. I'm out here on pure heart determination. My doctor told me, he says, Stacey, take it easy. You know, just take it, you know, take it <laughs> week by week. I said, doctor, don't tell me that. I'm I got coming a job to, to do. I got a job to do. I ain't got time to bleed. I ain't got time to bleed. <laughs> heart, hustle, and muscle. Heart, hustle, and muscle, baby. Stacy grabbed his hard hat and lunch oh, pail. Oh, heart, hustle, and muscle. <laughs> this new mic, man. I, I feel like a singer now. I might be. I might be spinning like Elvis Presley pretty soon. Hey, Don, get him off the painkillers. Oh, yeah, yeah, working. yeah, yeah. The painkillers are working, America. <laughs> Woo! I'm a little loopy today. <laughs> We got an opioid violation. I know everybody on the Twitch chat's looking forward to hearing from Patrick Williams. That's next as episode 83 of Give Me the Hot Sauce rolls on. The young star of the Chicago Bulls. It is now our pleasure to welcome in the Bulls' rising star forward, Patrick Williams, who's out in Los Angeles working out with his teammate, DeMar DeRozan. And Patrick, I guess that's a good place to start. I mean, DeMar said at the end of the season that he was going to have you out to L.A. and put you through the paces. Is, has he been a, a tough drill master out there in Los Angeles? Uh, definitely, definitely. <laughs> I think it's, it's, just been, it's just been fun for me just to be around him, um, kind of see his, his regimen, his schedule. Um, his routine, um, and what, what, what got him to be um, who he is. Let's talk a little bit about last year. You know, you, you started off the preseason. I thought you, you played great in the summer league and, and established yourself going into your second season. Uh, started off well, then you get hurt early in the season against the Knicks trying to dunk on somebody, which I was excited about. <laughs> uh, unfortunately, you got hurt and you missed most of the season. So talk a little bit about that and the transition from sitting on the bench watching the team play and then what you learned from that and then when you got back into the playing game at the end of the season um, one it's a it's a huge difference for sure um, you go from from playing obviously like you said I had a good summer league 
Um, I think I worked extremely hard last summer just trying to be prepared. I kind of knew what was coming after having that rookie season under my belt. Um, so I was looking forward to it. Um, and then, of course, injury, uh, injury happened, which was devastating to me. But um, my mindset kind of shifted automatically to how can I make this work for me instead of because you can't I, I can't change it after after the injury. I can't go back. I can't take that move back, take that that play back. So um, my mind and, and just listening to my coaches, my teammates, guys that have kind of been through injuries, listening to them, it, my, my mind just automatically went to how can I how, how can this help me? Um, so started watching film a little bit more, started just thinking the game a little bit more picking guys' brains. Um, I would sit, sit next to different people on the on, on the bench almost every game, sometimes DeMar, sometimes Zach, sometimes Vooch, um, sometimes Alonzo, just picking their brains, uh, trying, to, trying to see what they see. Um, and I think coming back, that definitely helped me. Obviously, it's, it's, it's a lot different, so just kind of um, building that bridge between what you saw while you're sitting out and kind of um, implementing that or using that to, to, to your advantage when you come back playing um, is definitely different, but I think I, I kind of did pretty well. The game kind of kind of slowed down for me um, there towards the end, so um, part of the game. Hey, Patrick, I know that you, you hear that a lot of the Bulls fans would like you to be a bigger scorer, and I know your teammates and your coaches have also encouraged you to be more aggressive on the offensive end, but I guess it's not that easy to just flip the switch. Uh, you're going to turn 21 later this summer. Uh, you're kind of working your way in. You've got elite scores surrounding you and DeMar and Zach and Vooch. What's that mental process like for you, trying to decide when it's your time to maybe attack on the offensive end and maybe the other times when you defer to your teammates? Um, for me, just kind of picking my spots, knowing, knowing when and, 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 and where my spots are. Um, like you said, my coaches and teammates and front office and um, everybody around the team are, are just um, telling me to stay aggressive, be aggressive, and, 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 and try to play, make 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 plays, whether it's for myself, for, for teammates, for um, on, on, on both ends, honestly. So um, I, I think for me, it's just a matter of um, focusing, focusing on it in the game, uh, being comfortable in, in all, the, all the positions that I'll be in. Um, I think... Um, I kind of I kind of see it coming um, a little bit more and more, um, but I mean it, it's on me if I want to be who I want to be. Um, that's something that, that that's something that has to happen. So um, the pressure's on me. Talk about your rookie year uh, at the end of the season last year. Coach Donovan took you to a playoff game up in Milwaukee. You got a chance to witness the playoff experience as a rookie, even though the Bulls didn't get there. And then this season. You know, you get to that playoff situation. You got healthy at the end of the season, which I felt was a big boost for the team, uh, giving them that power forward that they needed, that extra defender, extra rebounder. I thought you played extremely well for your first playoff game. I think you averaged just under 12 points a game. Uh, you had some big rebounding games, and it looked like you were confident playing there. Is that something that you're going to build on for this next season, Patrick? For sure. I mean, I, I have to. Um, not, not only me, but the rest of the guys on the team. Um, a lot of guys before this year did, didn't have any playoff experience. So now we have that. Now we can build off of that. Um, still relying on, on guys that have been there, whether it's a coach, whether it's a, uh, whether it's a player that's kind of been through the ringer, that's kind of um, have, kind of have more experience than, than, than the others. But I think definitely having just, just one series 
um, under, under your belt definitely helps. So um, I think we all want to get back to that point. Uh, we see the difference between um, the regular season b basketball and playoff basketball is totally different. Um, and, I, and I think just coming into to training camp, it'll be a different focus level for us because we know we can get there. We know what it takes to get there. We know what it takes to win games. Um, so I think for us, it's just it's just a matter of using what we saw, what we're still seeing um, throughout the playoffs, uh, throughout the finals, um, and just using that to, to our advantage, um, coming in hungry, knowing that we can, knowing that we will, and um, just going after it. Yeah, Patrick, then you got the team going with your comments. Uh, Giannis is good, but he's not God. And then uh, he came and talked to you after game five. Did he say, hey, Patrick, I am kind of a God? So. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, nothing like that. Um, I think um, the the – I'm not. I'm not even sure how, how the the context of that came out. But um, <laughs> after practice, it was kind of a we had a media, and um, they had called me over to the media, and some 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 guy had kind of asked a question. Um, I don't think he did it on purpose. He, he kind of asked the question a little little shaky, um, almost making it seem like I was scared of Giannis or we were scared of Giannis as, as a team. Um, so that was kind of my first reaction, just to say that. First of all, we're not scared of him. Like, if we want to win games, if we want to beat the Bucks, we cannot be scared of Giannis. And I think um, that's that's kind of what I was trying to say. Um, I don't yeah, think anybody on our team was scared of him. Obviously, he's a great player, MVP. Like, you can't you can't take that away from him. But um, anytime you step onto that court, step in, in, inside those you know four lines, you can't be scared of, scared of anybody. So that was kind of my, my my message I was trying to get across. Yeah, yep. you tell them, Patrick. Ain't nobody scared in Chicago. We don't. We, <laughs> hey, our, hey, we don't. Our heart don't pump Kool Aid here with the Bulls, baby. You know that. You know that. <laughs> Hey, when it comes to shaky questions, our guy Timmy Whispers is the king. So we, <laughs> you never know what he's going to ask. So we appreciate you rolling with that. Hey, both your parents uh, played college basketball. What was it like growing up in that environment uh, in Charlotte, and how much of an impact did they have on your basketball career growing up? Um, they had they had a huge impact, honestly. Um, but it was a little bit different for me. Uh, they 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 never forced me to play basketball. Um, they always they always ask me, is this what you want to do? Are you sure this is what you want to do? Um, and I, I would always tell them yes. Um, but I mean, just, just seeing their, their work ethic. Um, I think that's, that, that's definitely what got instilled in me the most. Um, seeing whatever it was that, that they were doing, they went 110% in everything that they did. Um, so just seeing that from a, from a very young age, um, I think that definitely just, <clears throat> um, stuck with me. Um, that and then just believing that, that you can do anything. Um, they, they they always they always say if, if you have a goal, just go for it. Um, nobody can stop you from getting it. Nobody can stop you from not attaining the goal except you. So just um, that kind of fearlessness and and, and just uh, hard hard work ethic, I think, is what I took away the most. When the season ended and you know you realize that you know you're going to have a little time off and you're going to heal up. And now you're out in L.A. working out with DeMar. And, and your mindset has to be, I know how it is, uh, you know, what part of your game do you feel you need to work on the most to be even more effective next year going into year three? Um, consistency, I would say, for me. Um, I think <clears throat> it was points in seasons where, well, points of the last season in my rookie year where 
Um, I played well. It was points where, where, where I didn't play too well. Um, it was points where I shot the ball well, points where I didn't. Um, so I think for me, especially last year, just because I think I played under under 20 games. Um, yeah. Just, just, just trying to kind of be consistent, whether it's being aggressive, whether it's getting downhill, whether it's um, being locked in defensively, whether it's rebounding the ball, just kind of being um, consistent. I think I've shown myself and I've, I've shown the team that the team has faith in me that I can do whatever I say I can do. Um, but it's just me being consistent with it. Uh, that's that's something that I definitely pick up from, you know, Vooch and Zach and, and DeMar and Lonzo and just anybody around the team. They're always consistent with what they do. Um, that's something that I've, that I've you know, seen just um, throughout being in the NBA from, from, from really good players. Um, what good and bad games are going to happen, but they're always consistent with, with their approach. Um, they're always consistent with um, – how they play the game. So I just, I just think being consistent is a, is a big thing for mine. Of course, you can always be a better shooter, always be a better ball handler, um, be more, be more comfortable to pick a role um, as a, as a ball handler and screener. Um, reading clothes, that's a little bit better, but I just think I've, I've, I've done all of those throughout the season. It's just about being consistent with it. Hey Patrick, I'm sure Bulls fans are very curious about uh, what your workouts are like with Demar out in Los Angeles. Take us through a typical day. What's the how does the day fall for you when you're working out with Demar? Um, so we have 5 a.m. lift, and the the lift is it's a different lift than any than any other <laughs> lift that I've had in a while. Um, it's more of you do have weights in there, but it's a lot of body weight. Um, it's a lot of movements that challenge your core um it's really it's really mental everything he does is is, is mental even if it's a lift if it's an on, on-court workout if it's anything he does is always mental he, he, he likes to play mind games he likes to he likes to challenge himself mentally as i as i see so um it's a 5 a.m lift <clears throat> and then right after the lift we go on the court um for about i would say 45 to an hour um, with handle life, um, uh, dribble too much out here in LA, um, and then for the most part we're 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 done until the afternoon. We go back and get just get more shots up, just get more reps. So, um, and that's kind of his his routine. Um, I'm pretty sure he does um, a little bit more. So so, but during the season, he goes in the afternoon. So um, he just really, really uh, consistent with getting extra shots up. So um, definitely just seeing his regiment, seeing his, his routine definitely helps me for sure. Um, I don't have to do this. I don't have to get up at 5 a.m., but <laughs> it's just <laughs> making sure that I have routine, making sure that I, that I stick with it. Um, you guys play one-on-one? Oh, yeah, yeah, we, yeah. We, we go at it. We go at it in the workouts. Um, I, think, I think that's another thing that kind of makes him so good. Um, because he's going against different um, different people every summer. Um, he, he, he invites different people out every summer, goes against them in the workouts um, for sure. So I think he, he's been guarded by, by so many different people in the workouts that in the games kind of second nature to him. So it gives you a chance basically as a young player to watch, learn, 
uh, implement things that you may do in your future because there may be times you may not go out there and work out with DeMar. You have your own workout regimen and you find yourself inviting Kobe or some other guys out working with you. Right, right, exactly. And uh, I think it's more more so of how, how he approaches the workouts as opposed to the actual routine. Kind of like I said, like waking up at 5 a.m., like that's it, – it's tough on the mental more than more than anything. Um, you know, the workout is at 5 a.m. So, you know, LA traffic, you got to get up at 3 30. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's bad. It's bad. It's bad out here. I had no clue. But, yeah. um, I think, I think it's just more mental for him. Kind of like I said, er- everything he does is, is a mental, um, has a mental aspect to it. So just waking up in the morning, can you lock in at 5 a.m.? Can you lock in for the whole lift of the workout? Can you, can you lock in? on the court after you just worked out and woke up at 5 a.m. So that those type of things, can you push through fatigue? Um, you just lifted. It was a tough lift. You just lifted. Now you're on the court and you're going against, he's going against me. Can I lock in for these however many reps and go against Pat a hundred percent? So I think that's, that's, that's been the biggest thing, just how he approaches it mentally, um, how he breaks down every, every aspect of what he does. Everything he does has a purpose. Everything he does has a has a meaning. Um, almost like just playing chess. Like everything he does is is there's nothing that he does that's that's just he's doing it just to do it. Everything is kind of connected. Everything is kind of has a has a deeper meaning. So just kind of picking up on on little things like that. Hey Patrick, I know Bulls fans are looking for the team to take that next step, get deep into the playoffs next year. And with a healthy team, you guys have a really talented roster. As you look ahead to the offseason, are you a little bit nervous with Zach coming up on free agency? Uh, I know you guys want to keep this group together. If you, has there been communication with Zach among the, amongst the guys trying to encourage him that, hey, if you stay here, we can do something special next year? Um, I think he knows. I think he knows, um, especially after uh, being in the playoffs last year. Uh, I think that was, that was his first time getting to the playoffs. Um, so I think he knows for sure that, you know, this, this team has something special. Um, we're looking to kind of like you said, take take that jump the next season and kind of be that team that that, that the East has to go through. So um, I think he knows for sure. Um, I've talked to him a little bit um, since, since the season ended. Um, but honestly, it's, 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 it's his decision. Um, obviously, we would love to have him keep him in Chicago, but there's, there, there's so many different factors, and, um, variables that, that go into that, into that decision. Um, but I think for me, just letting him know that um, I appreciate everything he, he's done for me. I hope he don't go because uh, I, I, I want to keep learning from him and just being around him. Um, he's such a good locker room guy and such a good guy off the court, on the court, um, such a good guy to learn from. Um, so I definitely don't, don't want to see him go, but um, I think he knows that, you know, this team has something special and uh, he's, he's definitely a big part of that. Talk a little bit about your college experience playing for Leonard Hamilton. He's a good friend of mine. I love Coach Hamilton. And um, and the adjustment it was when you came, because everybody still remembers, you're still a young kid. It's not like you're 24, 25 years old. You're 20 years old, right? You're 20, you haven't raised 21? No. So, yet. yeah, so you're still a young kid. And coming into the NBA, I know I came in as, as a four-year player from Oklahoma University. I know how hard it was when you first come in because – you know, you're so used to doing certain things that are structured at the college level 
But when you get to the pro level, it's like you got to figure it out on your own because everybody's got their own, you know, families, their own responsibilities. How hard was that when you first came in? Um, it was pretty tough. It was pretty tough. But um, I think just not having a summer league, not having barely a training camp, training camp was was condensed, not not really having any time to to kind of um, get a, get accustomed to the game before game time came. Um, I think that kind of I'm not sure if it hurt or helped. Um, it kind of didn't didn't let me overthink. I just had to go out there and play. Um, so I think in in that regard, it kind of helped. But obviously, you don't have time to 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 um, watch as much film. You don't have time to to practice as much. Um, so it, it was definitely difficult. Um, but kind of like leaning on guys like Zach, who came came into the league early. Dad um, Young who came to league league early. Garrett Temple, who was a 13 year vet. Um, just leaning on guys like that, they they kind of kept me uplifted. Um, and then once they saw, um, I guess how hard I worked and um, that I was pretty good, they were always on my side. They always had my back, um, and they were always just checking in on me, making sure that I was okay. And of course, Kobe White, uh, I knew him from from before from North Carolina, so um, they they were always just checking in on me, asking me questions. Um, I could always ask them questions at at, at any time. So it just kind of made it smoother just kind of having those um those guys that you could talk to at any time um but being at at, at FSU was definitely I think a great decision for me um their offense is almost 95 percent pick and roll um so I think just kind of being in those situations kind of knowing how to how to make reads the reads are are definitely different but kind of being 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 comfortable with the ball in your hand coming off pick and roll or being comfortable setting a pick and roll I think that that definitely translated um, or made the, the, the translation easier for me coming into the NBA. How about your current coaching staff? Obviously, Billy's gone to great lengths to try to open lines of communication and work really closely with you. you got a Hall of Famer in Mo Cheeks, uh, some really good people on that bench. What's it been like working with the Bulls staff, and, and how much more do you think that they can help in your development? It's been great. It's been great, honestly. Just um, – being around those guys and, 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 and picking their brain as well. I pick their brain just as much as, <clears throat> as the players. So, um, of course you said, Mitch and Mo Cheeks, who, um, we talk every, almost every day, um, just about anything about, about the, the finals, about the playoffs, about life, just about anything. Um, talking to him almost every day. And then of, of course, um, Billy, I, I haven't heard of, obviously Billy's my, my, my only NBA head coach, but just listening to other guys, they're, there really isn't a lot of um, NBA head coaches that reach out that much and, and want to be as involved as he does. Um, and obviously he knows what he's doing. So um, anytime he reaches out, it's always um, some something productive, something, um, you know, that, that, that could get me better. Um, and then the, the rest of the coaching staff as well has, has been super helpful um, in my development. Um, I'm, I, I think I'm close with all the coaches. Um, Play development staff as well. So um, I think last summer and also this year um, when, when I was out for injury, it helped me a lot just keeping keeping my mental right, um, not not getting too lost and too high, too low or um, anything like that. So they, they've been super helpful. I can't even explain how, how, yeah. how helpful they've been and get me through summers and get me through injuries. So um, I love those guys. 
Well, I, I know the summer's here, and I know you're probably working on your French because, you know, we're going over to France over here in <laughs> January. So you better be working on your French. I've already been speaking French for a little bit, so if you need some help, parlez-vous français, oui, oui, just come ask me. <laughs> I, don't, I know no French, so I'll just be standing behind you. <laughs> <laughs> you excited about that? You excited to go over there and play? I am. I am. Um, I've never really been outside the country except – playing Toronto this year. Um, so, I mean, it's definitely an experience basketball-wise and, you know, just in life. Um, I think you can't you can't um, just blow by the fact that we're going to Italy, you know, to to play basketball. Um, it still still blows my mind. But um, I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to it, just seeing the culture. Um, of course, playing basketball as well, but just seeing the culture, seeing how different it is from over here. Patrick coming in, different. yeah, coming in as a young guy. Uh, Bulls fans haven't really got a chance to get to know you that well. What are your uh, interests outside of basketball? What kind of things do you like to do? Um, I really don't have many interests outside of basketball. Um, coming from high school, from from young to high school to college, it was all basketball, basketball twenty four seven. Um, so obviously, come to the NBA, you have so much free time. I kind of, I really don't know how to how to how to fill that time. <laughs> um, I'm not I'm not a gamer. I don't play video games. Um, music. I like to watch music. I do like music. I love music. I do love music. Um, I probably listen to music for the most part. That's that's, that's probably what I do. Um, but I mean, after especially out here, 5 a.m. on the court, <laughs> taking a nap, we wake up, <laughs> eat a little bit, and then time go back. You know what I mean? So. Um, I think I think that kind of that kind of helps me. Um, I learned how to play chess when I was injured. <clears throat> I learned how to play okay. chess. Kind of kind of got into it. Not not really good at it, but I know how pieces move and I know how to play. Um, I've won a couple games, a couple matches, so um, I know how to play. I'm not really good at it, but I know how to play. So um, there you like go, whispers. That. I like yeah. <laughs> Say that again. <laughs> no, Timmy whispers will take you out of the game. Sure. Oh, oh, okay, okay. <laughs> uh, I'm a grandmaster, but don't worry about it. <laughs> oh, my God. This guy. You got to teach me something. You got to teach me something, man. But um, I know all the that's, that's pretty much about it. So, so, so this is my final question for you. My, my final question for you, Pat. Now, you've seen you played against your rookie year. You had to guard the toughest player every single night as a rookie. That's the hardest thing to do. Um, who is the hardest guy for you to cover you know, when you when you look on that sheet, you were saying we're playing such and such. Which guy gives you the toughest matchup? Mm. Um, I think it's tough. Um, there's a lot of there's a lot of great players in the league. Uh, I think for sure Kevin Durant is is one of the toughest. Just his length, um, his ability to get to his spots at all times. Um, and he has a, he has a high release and a quick release, which kind of makes it hard to contest. Um, and then and then the ball's on a string as well, so um, it's tough to guard him. Demar was tough as well, just just because they the 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 scout report on him was kind of he likes to get to the mid range, stay down on pump fakes. But you see, I mean, people jump for pump fakes. Like, <laughs> you see, I mean, they all go for it. They, they all, all do. They it. all do. So um, his his footwork in the post, just just everything about his game. He like 
you're you're not going to speed him up. You're not going to get him away from from his spots. Um, and if he wants to score, he he's going to score. So um, he was tough. Luca was tough, almost along the same lines of just pace, um, big body. You can't really move him off his line. Um, and then when he's making shots, he's he's super tough to guard. Um, Brown was tough, of course, just. Um, his ability to, to, to get others involved. Um, the scouting port on him was, was almost, I mean, it's, it, it's tough because you don't want to let him get off, but you also, you also don't want to let him get others involved because he's super good both ways. So um, he was tough as well. You just didn't really know how to guard him in, at, uh, cert, 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 at certain points of the game. Um, Kawhi was tough. Kawhi was fun as well. Um, he's he's going to get to his spots. Um, yeah, they're all, they're all tough. <laughs> There's no nights off in the NBA. No, no, definitely not. Definitely not. Whispers, you got anything else before we say goodbye to our guests? Well, I just brought up uh, Kawhi. You get all these comparisons to Kawhi, so uh, do you embrace that? I think it's a, a great comparison and, and where you can go with your game. Um, I mean, I definitely embrace it. Uh, anytime you get compared or um, related to an all-time great, um, I think it's it can be nothing but but positive, depending on how, on how you look at it. Um, I definitely watch some of his film. Um, I watch other guys as well, but I definitely watch some of his film, especially high school, college. Um, when I was in college, they used to put it like, they, I would I would make a play, and then side by side would be Kawhi making that same play. Um, so they would I, I watch Kawhi film all the time. Um, but I think I I, I definitely embrace it. Um, just being one of the best two-way wings in the league, I think um, anybody can kind of pick up on that. So um, just kind of watching the way he works, um, the detail that he works with, um, and then just being around guys that have also been around him. Um, I get that comparison a lot, a lot. So I think it's definitely worth looking into and um, worth exploring, knowing that um, there are certain things that, that got him to that point. Um, he wasn't that, that, that player when he came into the league. So I think that's definitely something that I can look forward to, how he got better every every single year that he was in the league. So I think that's definitely something that I could kind of um, emulate. Uh, we, we see it. <laughs> I don't really see it. Well, I'm not going to say I don't see it, but I really haven't I really haven't looked that, that much into it. Of course, I watch this film, but I, I really haven't looked that much into it as far as the way I move, the way I shoot. Um, I've heard it, but I, I haven't really seen it. So um, it's all good and well. Well, we, we see it on a nightly basis. And and what I want to see more of this season, and I think that you will really help this team out, uh, is when you get the ball off the glass and you push it in transition and you, you're thrusting the ball up the floor. I, I thought that was a huge addition to this team as you came in as a rookie. And I saw it mm -hmm. again towards the playoffs. Is that something you want to do more of next season? For sure, for sure. I, I think any any chance we get to play fast, um, I think that's 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 gonna be in our benefit when you have guys like Zach, guys like Lonzo, guys like Derrick Jones. Just we have we have so many players that are that are so good in transition. Um, I think I and um, Demar and Lonzo and Zach and. Um, pretty much anybody who gets the rebound, that's that's a guard or a wing. I think I think we could definitely do that. Um, kind of 
collapse the defense a little bit, get us easy looks from the, from the three-point line and, and from, you know, at the rim, um, just kind of being aggressive that way. So I, I, I definitely think that's something that I can do a little bit more of, um, focus a little bit more of. Um, I think that kind of goes back into being consistent as far as rebounding, um, give myself more, more opportunities to do that, um, as well as, you know, running the lane. Um, I think we got some really good rebounding guards. Um, so as well as, you know, running the lane when they get it, but, but for sure coming back um, on a defensive board, rebounding the ball and then being able to get out. Hey, Patrick, uh, because you missed so much of year two, are you thinking about playing some summer league or at least maybe working out with those guys uh, before they go out to Las Vegas? Um, I'll, I'm definitely thinking about working out with them. Uh, um, I won't be playing summer league. Mm-hmm. Um, I will be out there, you know, you know, watching the guys and just being around them. Um, so um, I definitely plan on working out with them probably. Um, just kind of, kind of like you said, I, I, I didn't play too many games this season. So any chance I get to, whether it's one-on-one, two-on-two, five-on-five, pick up, um, as, long, as long as it's around the right people and uh, in the right setting, I'm always, you know, looking forward to, to, to getting some run and playing a little bit. Well, I know Bulls Nation is excited to have you back for year three. Yeah. We're expecting really big things out of you this year, Patrick. I, I know, because I always say you like a Ferrari. You just don't know how to drive <laughs> it yet. And I think in year three, you're going to be driving that Ferrari up and down that boy, and you're going you're to help us get to where we need to go, man. And and I appreciate you coming on the show today. It really meant a lot to me having you on the show. You know, you know how I feel about you, boy. Appreciate you, man. Thank you for having me. Thank yeah, you having me. and t- please tell DeMar we say what's up. He was a guest on Give Me the Hot Sauce earlier this year. We had a great time with him, and uh, I know he's going to teach you some of the ins and outs that are going to be so valuable in year three. Patrick Williams, our guest on Give Me the Hot Sauce, episode 82. will roll on after a quick timeout. So great to catch up with Patrick Williams. He's going to have a big third year in the NBA. He's been working on stuff Huge. with DeMar. I'll tell you what, Stacy. if you want to have someone show you the ins and outs of the mid-range game, ain't nobody better than DeMar DeRozan. Well, you know, the good thing about that, Mark, is is not only is he going to learn the mid-range game, he's learning how to be a professional, uh, learning how to prepare, learning how to, to get a routine. you got to remember, he's only 20 years old. I mean, he's still a young, young player. Um, and so being out there with a veteran, taking him under his wing, getting up every morning uh, in L.A. to beat traffic at 5 o'clock in the morning. Up at 3. Uh, up at 3 to get there by 5, uh, constantly working out through the year, through the, through the day, uh, is only going to make him a better player. And I'm looking forward to seeing what he's going to bring in year three. I think sometimes people make the mistake because he's soft-spoken and he, and he doesn't brag about himself that he doesn't have that hunger inside. They're, those are two different things. Well, I mean, you hear people going, well, does he have that dog in him? Right, right, right. You know what? He's got the – let me just tell you this, America. He's got the athleticism to be an elite player, two-way player in this league, okay? Uh, He's a young kid still learning his way. He's got a lot of veterans to learn from. Also, it helps that Billy Donovan's his coach because Billy Donovan – you know, sometimes a coach, and we talk about this a lot, Mark, is that, you know, a good coach, a sign of a good coach is being able to get the best out of everyone but doing it in different ways. You can't, you know, do Patrick like you do DeMar or Zach, proven stars. you got to cultivate him. you gotta, you got to pull that out of him. And, and, you know, he's a guy that needs to hear, Patrick, you're doing a great job. Patrick, we know you can go out there and give me 25. Go do it. He needs to hear that kind of stuff. 
We're going to talk a little bit of football and baseball before we get out of here. But first, I want to tell you about one of our great sponsors. Windy City Limousine provides championship service. They make sure the King and Dawn get here safely each and every Thursday. Making a reservation is so easy, it's a slam dunk. Let Windy City break the full court pressure of traffic and get you to your destination in style and on time. Make sure to contact us at 866-94-WINDY. And if you drop Stacy's name, They'll probably say, we, we love Stacy. They may not give you anything off on your yeah, fare, but... Listen, listen, America, a few of our reads, we're giving you discounts, okay? But I ain't gonna lie. I'm, 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 I don't want you to call Wendy City and say, code 21, and they laugh at you, okay? Yeah. You know, just being honest with you. If you can get one, if you, my, if you can drop my name and get a, get a discount, go, do, go for it. But it's a great limousine service. Shout out to my man, George Jacobs. They, they do a good job. My driver, Gene Jesrick, who, who just retired uh, mm-hmm. this week, um, you know, and so uh, I got my new driver, Mike. He's my, he's, he's my new driver now. Uh, you, know, I, you know, I only hire guys that are like black belts. Okay, mm-hmm. black belts in hip keto, karate, jujitsu. You drove Wing, another guy Wing out of the Chung, business. Wing Chun. Who did? You did. That's why he quit. You know what? <laughs> First of all, America, if you hear somebody go, oh, he just got throat punched. Okay, if you hear that noise, oh, he just got throat punched. Before I was really interrupted by, to my left by Timmy Whispers, Clay Aiken Jr., um, <laughs> Rick Ansley, I'm never going to give you up, I'm never going to let you down. <laughs> <laughs> get us back on the track, Mark. Get us, get us back on the track. Don, get him a painkiller. <laughs> yeah, Americans are painkillers. I'm telling you right now. I'm a, I'm a little I'm a little on the loop side right now with the hip. But hey, listen. You know what? Uh, back to what I'm saying. My two drivers are great. Limousine, uh, Windy City is awesome. If you need a good limousine, a bus, make sure you contact uh, Windy City. They do a great job, man. I use them all the time. Been using them for years, uh, and they're awesome. You know who could use limousine is uh, Justin Fields because after that Ooh. offensive line, let's that pass rush come in. He's not walking real good. <sighs> you know, listen, uh, hey, what did we say, Mark, from from day one with this kid when he was going to be named the starter? Yeah. If they don't spend the money on the offensive line and protect this kid, you're going to have the same kind of uh, situation. And they didn't. And they didn't, exactly. Yeah. You know, uh, the weapons are not there for him. Uh, the line is not there for him. The running game is going to suffer. I mean, you're putting this kid in a tough situation to succeed. And it's going to, it's kind of looking to me kind of like what they did to Mitchell Trubisky. Trubisky comes off an all pro year. They, without a bet, without a good line. And he's running for his life and he's out the pocket making plays and he looked great. And then the next year, Everybody's like, he can't play. Trade him, he sucks. Get him out of here, you know. So I hope that doesn't happen to Fields because he's a talent. Yeah, my daughter went to Ohio State, so I watched just about every Buckeye game. I'll tell you what, this kid was remarkable as a playmaker in college, not only with his passing, but his ability to run out of the pocket and make plays with his legs. I think if they give him the weapons, they give him a NFL-quality offensive line, he's going to do some special things here in Chicago. It's just a question of people have to be patient. He had no chance last year. None. The coaching staff, the whole entire offense under Matt Nagy was designed for a, you know, a guy like Andy Dalton or Nick Foles to you know, Terrible, color by Mark. numbers. It, it wasn't built for Justin Fields. Well, I, I wish they would have called me because you know I use Justin Fields in uh, Madden. And, uh, you know, I mean, he's throwing for 400, 500 yards a game. He's running for like 150. We just can't be stopped. So if they would have just called me and said, Stacy, come here, let's talk about your offensive play calling on Madden. And we would have, we would have, we would have won. They would have won. But at the end of the day, 
I mean, Justin Fields, you talk about how good he was at Ohio State. It goes back to high school. If you remember that QB1 show on Netflix yes, uh, in Georgia, he was yeah. he was a top quarterback then. He went to Georgia, and he sat behind the quarterback there uh, for a year and realized, like, that quarterback, he wasn't going to go pro, and he's going to stay there another couple of years. He would never have gotten to play. If he was stayed at Georgia, we might have only seen one year of Justin Fields. We would not have really got a chance to see him play. Uh, that move to Ohio State was, was a big move for him. Awesome move for him, and, and and I just hope the Bears realize it's been proven all through the last 50 years how important the quarterback is. That's why they're the highest-paid players on teams. You've got If you're going to make an investment in this kid in the future of your franchise, you've got to put him behind an offensive line that can protect him. Kind of like Lamar Jackson, what they do in Baltimore. I'm not a big fan of, of Lamar running 100 times a game because I think you put that kid, he's not a big, big kid. His speed is really what sets him apart. But when they come to playoffs, if you look at Baltimore in the playoffs, you got to pass now. The game changes. They, they, they stack the line of scrimmage and force him to have to beat them, and that's where he struggled. I think the difference between Justin Fields, he's a passer first, runner second. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, so he can yeah. he can make plays with his arms. He can make every throw, every big throw. Um, he's got a cannon of an arm. And then he can run when he needs to. But he is a quarterback first, where Lamar Jackson, to me, is more of a runner first, quarterback second. But his talent is so enormous that he can get away with it. Yeah, the key with the new coaching staff is hopefully Justin Fields makes some great strides in year two of his NFL career. A lot of the NFL experts are saying the Bears could be one of the worst teams in the league this year. You know, you look at the top, and a lot of people, the trendy pick is the Buffalo Bills are hot right now with Josh yeah. Allen at quarterback. But San Diego, right, uh, Denver Chargers. with Russell Wilson is there too. Yeah. So, you know, those are all – and, and Kansas City still there. So those are the top four teams that – Rams. You know, every, and Rams and Rams in the, in the NFC. The, but the AFC, they're talking about the AFC. Those are the four teams. Um, the NFC, you got Tom Brady back in yep. Tampa is going to be tough. Um, you know, you got, you know, you, you look at what Green Bay, even though they lost, uh, you know, Devontae Adams, they, they still got Aaron Rodgers. I mean, right. he, he's proven that he can throw the ball to anybody, and their system is is proven that. So um, the Bears the Bears have an opportunity because there's, a, and especially in their division, there's not really anybody that, you know, Detroit doesn't scare you. Minnesota doesn't scare you. Uh, the only team that you really have to fight against is Green Bay every year. And, and they're at a point right now, they're, they have come down. I mean, as long as you got Aaron Rodgers, you got a shot. But they're not the same Green Bay. They won't be the same Green Bay Packer team that we've seen the last two years when they go 12-2, and two, you know, 13-1. You know, and one. We're not going to see that. Hey, if you're still following us on the Twitch feed, uh, we're monitoring it. If you got any questions about the Bulls or anything else, we'll try to get a couple in before we wrap up here. So send those questions on the chat line, and we'll try to get to them as quickly as we can. Want to talk a little bit of baseball, which is kind of a scary topic in Chicago. The We're taping on Thursday afternoon, and the Cubs lost their 10th game in a row this afternoon, 10-4, to or excuse me, 6-4 to to the San Diego Padres. So they've lost 10 games in a row. And now guess what happens? The Atlanta Braves come into town. They'll play a three-game series at Wrigley Field Friday afternoon. The Braves have won 14 in a row. <laughs> well, Talk about your classic mismatch on paper. It, it doesn't seem good for the Cubs. You know, let's just say this, Mark. Let's just hope there's good weather. And the bleachers. And the, the beer's bleachers, cold. The beer's cold. We're, we're back and, to yeah, Cubs baseball. We're back to Cubs baseball. <laughs> Enjoying ourselves out there, you know, singing the seventh-inning stretch, you know, and just having fun. You know, this is this – is, this team is rebuilding. We we know that they're not going to contend for a while. Let's just be honest. They, yeah. You know, 
they got rid of all their guys that still had baseball left. We see all these guys playing now, and they're they're having production. Anthony Rizzo, I mean, that's the one guy. You know, when you say Mr. Cub, the, the modern, modern day, day Mr. Yeah. Cub, yeah. that's the guy you hold on to. That's the guy you keep. And he's and having a guy like that in your lineup every day that's going to show up and play every day is going to be a leader in the locker room, help some of these younger players understand what it's like to be in the major leagues and how you prepare. And then also being able to possibly recruit guys to come play with him. You know, uh, Chris Bryant. Chris Bryant still had a lot of baseball left in him. You know, if you if Javi Lopez is the one guy, because, you know, you can't keep, if you're like basing salaries, you know, Javi Lopez is the one guy, I think, and even though I love Javi, Javi Baez. Javi, Javi, Javi Baez, yeah. I, I believe that he, like, the money that he want, you couldn't pay him. You know, but if you go out and get a Carlos Correa who was on the on the on the books this year, and you pair him with Chris Bryant, and you pair him with Anthony Rizzo, I mean, look at your team. Yeah, they might get Correa next year because he's got an opt out in his contract with the Twins. Not if and, they ain't winning. And he was a guest uh, <laughs> earlier on the Give Me the Hot yeah, Sauce. Yeah, we're back to the old Chicago saying: we play baseball on the South Side, we socialize on the North Side. Well, oh, that's yeah, a big like part that. of what's going on there. And with all the renovations they did, you know, you got the new hotel, and they got all the new restaurants around there and the Cubs have Marquee Sports Network, they've got the money to, to improve the team. They hey, just Joe Madden's out there. Yeah, well, he'll he's, probably uh, be a commentator at some hey, point. I don't think he's going to uh, be managing uh, anymore. What's it, the Joe Dur uh, Girardi, what's his name? The, Joe Girardi. Yeah, yeah he just got fired, too. Yeah, yeah. So a lot of Cubs, a lot of Cubs. <laughs> uh, no, nah, they, they yeah. like David Ross. I don't think he's going anywhere. Right, anywhere I like Ross. So, yeah. I like Ross. Ross just doesn't have a lot of talent right now. Hey, before we uh, get a couple of questions in and, and wrap up the show, uh, Stacy, you got a news about a sponsor. Not exactly oh. a new sponsor, but one that's coming back with renewed vigor, and we're yeah. excited about it. Yeah, once he saw that we got past five episodes, he decided to jump <laughs> back on. Yeah, a little Chief Little Legs. Okay, I know he's listening right now. All right, America. Angel Water is Chicagoland's largest water conditioning service for healthy water for a healthy you and a healthy home. Oh, I like the graphic, too. Oh, yeah, I like that. Look at that. Ooh, Ooh well, nice. we're doing big things over here. My little crew, <laughs> my little Harper crew. Angel will test your water for free with code KING21. That's oh, there's right. There's the code. There it is. And this, and this is legit. Yeah. You say code KING21, you're going to get your water tested for free. Call 847-382-7800. What's for, that number again? 847-382-7800. Nice. Yeah, I like that. You like that, didn't you? I get to nice. sing now. Okay. Don't interrupt me again. For a free water <laughs> test and healthy water plan with Code King 21 at 847-382-7800. Golden <laughs> Pipes, man, I'll tell you. I, I, I got to break this commercial up right now. The Golden Pipes are real, ladies and gentlemen. I just want to throw that out. Now I got a microphone now because, you know, my, my hip is a little sore right now, so it's I got the microphone. It's dinner theater all So of now a I'm starting to, I'm like a, I'm like a lounge singer yeah. now. I'm like a lounge singer right now. We just need some must be from drinking that angel water. Yeah. Wait a minute. First of all, there's good too many. Stuff. First of all, I'm not a lounge singer. There's too many guys in here. I'm just sorry. I need I need to have ladies in here. Uh, Maddie's the only lady here, but I need more. I can't sing with a bunch of guys. It's like Bob Evans sausage in here, brother. Uh, <laughs> oh, <have>, boy. We, <laughs> hey, back to Angel Water Sauce. Yes, indeed. Let's it's do that. what I have used for 20 years. And Angel. Protecting the golden pipes. Yeah, protecting the golden pipes. I'm Keeping you hydrated. Well, what, why, why do we need Angel Water Sauce, Tim? Well, because you could find some pretty bad stuff in your water. Like what? E. coli. You know what that people is? People right? are enjoying their dinner right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, oh. we just lost some fans. Uh, pesticides and chromium six. You remember that movie? No, I guess no, not. no. What was you're, you're bringing the vibe down. With yeah, that. yeah. Hey, moon killer. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> we have basically, moon killer. basically, you've been poisoning <laughs> yourself Angel for years. Angel Water will take care of all of that for us. So give them a call today. <laughs> 
<laughs> and make sure to use the code KING21. KING21. It won't work at Windy City, but it will work at Angel. We may get it to work at Windy City, though. America, don't, don't, don't. Try it. You never know. Try it. Hey, Stacy's got his uh, White Sox cap on, and uh, the big topic with the White Sox is Tony Larusa still a viable Major League manager. All the controversy about him walking a guy in a one and two count, but they swept the series in Detroit. They scored a ton of runs. Maybe things are looking up now. It seems like everybody's waiting for Tony Larusa just to, to make a mistake so they can just jump on it. You know what I'm saying? Like I, I thought I, you were going to say something else. I was kind no, of afraid. No, no, I'm a Tony Larusa <laughs> fan. Listen, I, I'm a Tony Larusa fan. But it's like every time you talk about the White Sox, you just hear. People, they, they don't talk about the injuries. They don't talk about the guys being out. They just talk about the mistakes that they believe Tony LaRusso makes. You know, oh, yeah, he was sleeping the dugout and all this other stuff. Man, leave Tony LaRusso alone, okay? The, the White Sox right now are just really snake-bitten with injuries to their key players. The pitchers are out. I mean, you're not going to win. Last year, we talked about this, Mark. Last year, they had a lot of quality depth. They could turn to guys and play guys for a couple of weeks when a guy was out. They don't have that luxury for that. Whatever reason this year, they don't have that luxury. So that's the reason why they're struggling. So uh, everybody get off my man, Tony LaRusso. Well, you know, he could have managed in the 30s and 40s. Oh, wait, he did. He did. <laughs> <laughs> wow. See, see, America, the, see, this is what I'm talking about. This man, you, you, you're picking on Tony LaRusso. Why, why don't you like Tony LaRusso? I think he's great. <laughs> and see, he's lying, Where's America. First? He's lying. See, he's lying. He just said bad things about him before we came back on, on Twitch. <laughs> oh, yeah. He didn't want to say anything on live because he didn't want Tony Russo to show up over here at the Teleray Studios those, those and give him a throat punch. And whoop your ass. Whoop your ass. <laughs> yeah, be like that guy in you that know, video. I wanted to check the standings while you were giving that rant. They're only okay. five games out, and, and the Twins aren't exactly a juggernaut. So it no. wouldn't take a whole bunch well, of time they turn to get around, back in It's it. more about the injuries. Listen, listen. All, all you need to do is win a couple of games. Win a couple of games, get your confidence going, you know, play a good series here and there, limit limit the mistakes, uh, don't give up a lot of runs. I mean, it sounds simple. They're about to pick up Kyle Hendricks, Ian Happ, and uh, I don't know. No, Frankie Montas from Oakland. Oakland's selling everybody out. Ooh. Get a flamethrower in that room. Yeah, that's that's another team. They're like Oklahoma City and the NBA, a small market team. Right. They develop Everything their talent. Everything must go. They develop their talent. And then send them off somewhere else where they become superstars. It's crazy how they do that. Maybe the the Moneyball effect. Yeah, maybe the Cubs get Aaron Judge next year. He had his 26th home run against. Judge ain't night. going nowhere. No, probably no, not. No, you ain't. You know, that's a generational talent, bro. They but he, he's going to play that free agent game. He's going to yeah. get paid big. Yeah, he's going to get paid. I mean, he deserves to get paid. I mean, you're putting up the, the numbers that Judge is putting up. Uh, you know, guys putting people in the seats. You mm -hmm. know, people love. Hey, they love the long ball. They, you say the chicks love the long ball. I ain't gonna lie, like. Tim loves the long ball. He loves long balls. I, I mean, do. I just, yeah, there you go. See, see, America? He does. That's what I'm talking I know about. You can find no, some. No, seriously. What? Okay, you just went on. You're talking about there. your health club experience yeah, again? Yeah. Man, yeah. Code Man code violation. Yes. yes. Man code oh, violation. Come on. That's yeah. right. Get out the blow dryer. Oh. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> okay. We you just know what? Lost, I think we just we're, lost we're some almost ready to wrap up this, but we want to – Get on to the Twitch chat. We got some good questions coming yeah, in. Our guy Young Jordan 301 asked Stacy, realistically, if we trade Kobe in the 18th pick, who could we get to make the team better? Oh, man. That's interesting because after seeing the Christian Wood trade and what, you know, what it took to get him, I mean, our package would have been better <laughs> with Houston than what Dallas gave yeah. up. You know what I'm saying? Kobe White is yeah. a legit NBA shooting guard that can light up and score 30s. He had 30-point games in his career. He's a proven player. You know, guys like Trey Burke, 
Um, you know, Boban, those guys are in the league, but they're not proven players. I still think Kobe White has an opportunity to be in the rotation, a six man, maybe, you know, a, maybe one of those guys kind of like um, Pat Connaughton, a guy that comes in, scores points for you um, and makes your team better. You know, Jamal Crawford, you know, Ben Gordon type of line guy. So if you can get Christian Wood with, you know, uh, just basically trading the 26th pick in the draft and a year supply of Doritos, <laughs> Cool Ranch. I mean, yeah. Kobe can fetch somebody good too. Uh, the 18th pick and Kobe, you're getting the guys a starter on most teams. So I mean, who I'd hate to see Kobe go because I like Kobe and I still think Kobe has a role on this team. It's just they have to find where he's best at. He's not a point guard. Uh, he's a scoring guard, um, and he can shoot lights out and just bring him off the bench and say, "Hey, you're gonna, we're gonna you know convert you to a six man role, and you're gonna be instant offense." That just like back in the day when you had Vinnie Johnson, you know, you know, you have all these guys who who really relish those roles as six man and played them to the utmost. Eddie Johnson, who's in you know the Phoenix commentator, he was a six man. Uh, you know, Dale Ellis. I mean, you know, there's so many guys that have have really flourished in that role and become all stars out of that role. One name to watch: uh, Mitchell Robinson of the Knicks, a shot blocker, Ooh. rim protector, is going to be a restricted free agent. You know, I don't know if Tibbs was going to want to do business with the Bulls, but he could be a guy that's out there because the Knicks and a lot of the mock drafts I looked at are, are maybe will take Mark Williams from Duke. So they may be looking to, to trade Mitchell Robinson. Maybe that's something that you could trade Kobe White and, and both sides would benefit. Well, it's, it's all going to depend on where Mark Williams goes. You know, if he happens to fall somewhere where the Knicks can draft him or someone like, let's say, Orlando, you know, because Orlando's going to take – Chet Holmgren, or they're going to take, you know, Jabari Smith. Smith. Yeah. Um, so that's those. That's one and two, you know. And and again, I say this, Mark, about Chet Holmgren, and and I'm not saying he's a bad player. I'm not saying that he's not going to be a good NBA player. But what the hell is the difference between him and Bol Bol? You've seen Bol Bol. You did a lot of, you know, Windy City games. Yep. You've seen him and his skill set. Um, the kid can shoot, pass. He can do all the things. Maybe he doesn't have the body weight. But what's the difference between the two? You can't say, oh, somebody said, well, he's a better, uh, Chet's a better shot blocker. Yeah, I mean, that's, you, you, you know, in high school, you're a great shot blocker. You're playing against guys 5'10". You know, and so what makes the difference between him and Bol Bol? And if you're going to take him at two, you know, you, you're, you're betting and banging that kid's going to be a star, that he's going to be an all-star caliber player. And that's, that's why Mo Bamba, I think, is going to be expendable because if they go with a bigger guy, because you already got Wendell Carter Jr. there, you know, you're going to get Jonathan Isaac back, who they haven't had back in like two and a half years. Um, you know, so they've got a lot of, of abundance of big guys. So where do you go? That's where I think uh, Mo Bamba is going to be available. That's the guy I would take a look at. Yeah, there's going to be a lot of moves that are going to be happening in the offseason. I mean, no matter which team wins the title, whether it's Boston or Golden State, neither one of those teams is looked at as a team. It's a juggernaut. We can't possibly beat them. So any, anybody that thinks they got a chance for a title, they're going to be making moves. And one thing I can guarantee you is AK is not just going to make pick 18 sign a bargain basement free agent and say, okay, let's start next year. He's going to make some changes to this roster to try to give him the best chance to contend. Well, I mean, his, his track record proves that here with the Bulls. I mean, he's not afraid to make bold moves, you know, and he understands that the core group of guys, you know, you bring Zach back in this core, you know, he's, he's the future, the face of the franchise. You got DeMar for two more years. And, and the key with DeMar is, is – how many years can DeMar play at the level that he played at this past season? I, Me personally, um, 
I think he's still going to play at a high level. I think he's going to be a guy that's going to get 23, 24 points a game, and that is very good, you know, considering his age. Um, he's a guy that really works hard on his body, comes in shape. He's very durable. He doesn't miss a lot of games. So I think Bulls Nation, what you saw in DeMar, you may not see that, you know, where he goes in that stretch where he has 30 points in, you know, seven, eight games, however many it was. You may not see that guy we saw last year, but you're going to see a guy pretty close to that. And depending on if they get a shooter and a big, uh, the Bulls, I, they're going to win 50-plus games next year. You remember, ladies and gentlemen, Bulls Nation, I'm telling you right now, mark it down. They are going to win 50-plus games. They won 45, 46 this year. And, you know, and they lost a lot of games in the second half after All-Star break that they shouldn't have lost. So they would have won easily won 50 games then. So mark it down. 50-plus wins next year. They're going to get past the first round. I don't know where they're going to go after that, but I, I feel like they have a good enough team. Lonzo Ball comes back healthy, and then you know, AK and them do their magic. This is going to be a team that's going to win 50-plus games and go deep in the playoffs. One other shout-out on Twitch comes from Hagen's 3 says, props to Stacy and Adam for staying after games and taking pictures. Means a lot to the fans. Stacy King, always a man of the people. You know what? I've been, I've been told I should run for mayor, you know, because I, I'm a man of the people. That's right. Know, and listen, Bulls Nation is the best. You know, we, we led we led the, the the league in attendance at home and on the road. That's that's an amazing thing. And when you go on the road and you're going to Phoenix or you're in LA or whatever, Utah, and you see all those, you know, black and you know, red jerseys, red jerseys with bulls on it, it makes you feel like you're playing at home. And so, you know, we owe it to the fans. The players owe it to the fans every single night they come out and play to give maximum effort. That's what, you know, when we were winning championships, that was the one thing Phil Jackson always instilled in us is, because this is a blue collar city and you got to come out and you got, it doesn't matter how much money you make or how many points you score. The, the goal is to come out every night and give the people a show and, a, and an honest effort. And if you do that, they respect that. And so I've carried that over to broadcasting. Um, you know, if you can't come to the United Center and, and check out a game, you know, me and Adam make sure that you're entertained at home. And then when I'm at home, you know, I normally, I've been doing it now for probably since I've been doing broadcasting, 15, 16 years, people come down, they want to get pictures and autographs. And, you know, COVID has kind of changed that a little bit. Um, but I still try to do it. And, um, you know, I feel like if anybody's going to stay after the game 30, 40 minutes to right. wait for an autograph or a picture with me, I owe it to them to take that picture and, and to be, you know, to be nice about it. I, I never turn anybody down as long as you're not rude. And right. now signing hot sauce bottles. Yes, now we're signing <laughs> hot sauce bottles. Common. And, uh, you know, I mean, you know, anything you anything a person wants, you know, if you come in, like I said, Mark, you know how it is. If, you know, if people are nice and they you know, come down and you know, take the time to come down, I, I have to be able to do that. You know, I mean, I, I, my mom always told me I, I, a quick story real quick. When I was in, in, in uh, when I was 14 years old, we used to go watch Oklahoma play basketball. And after Oklahoma wasn't really good at the time because Nolan Richardson and the Tulsa Hurricanes were the best team in Oklahoma. And they had Paul Presley and Brian Winters, NBA guys. So they used to beat Oklahoma really bad. But after the games, um, you know, the final game of the season, Oklahoma's players, they would, you know, put a set up tables and sign autographs. So I would go down, you know, I had, they had, I had favorite players. They all had nicknames. And my favorite player was Big Time Jones with the Afro. Guy was just 6'10". He looked like Coolidge off of uh, <laughs> the White Shadow. And... Uh, and I really, I really, I really liked him. He was my, he was my guy. I looked up to. So after the game, he's walking off the court. They just got beat by about thirty. 
So I understand as a player he's upset, but I, as a kid you don't know that. Right. So I'm running. All the other players are going to get autographs from everybody else. I'm going after Big Time Jones, and it was kind of one of those moments like the Mean Joe Green commercial and the Coke <laughs> yeah. commercial. Yeah. So the guy's walking off, and I'm just like, and I'm yelling, you know, Big Time, Big Time, you know, uh, can I get your autograph? Can I get your autograph? And so he, he act like he didn't hear me, but I know he did. So I ran up to him and I kind of you know tugged on his shirt and I'm like, Big Time, you're my favorite. Player. Can I get your autograph? And he turned around and said, Get the hell away from me. <laughs> and I and I looked at him and I and I'm like I was I was shocked. So I was like I was like what? And he's like you know get the f away from me. And then I was like well you suck anyway. That's why you lost. <laughs> and so and then he gave me one little flinch. He's like you know like you flinch like he's gonna hit you. Yeah. And I didn't budge. You know I, he might knock me out, but I didn't budge. So I go back home. I'm upset about it. My mom asked me when I came how was the game? Did Oklahoma win? I said no, mom they suck. And she goes why are you so mad? And I said, I went to get an autograph from Big Time Jones, and he, you know, he, he just like basically threatened to beat me up. And she said, what? He didn't give you an autograph? I said, no, everybody else got autographs. I didn't get autographs. So my mom made, made me promise right then and there as an eighth grader. She said, no matter how famous you get and no, have, no matter how big you think you are, if, you know, never do that because you saw the impact that he made on you, and you can imagine if you do that to a child or a kid. Uh, and so don't ever do that, no matter, no matter how big you are. So at that point, I remember that. So here's karma. Here's karma, America. Quick karma. So big-time Jones comes back. I'm a big-time player at Oklahoma. I'm a two-time All-American. We're playing Missouri, number one versus number three. And we, we always bring back Sooner Legends to come back and give them special gifts and stuff. So at halftime, um, they have a list, and they're telling each player where they're supposed to go. So I end up switching with Harvey Grant because he had big-time Jones, and I had someone else. I said, Harvey, let me have big-time Jones. And he's like, oh, sure, no problem. So I take big-time Jones. Now, big-time Jones don't even – he just knows me as Stacey King, baller Stacey King from Oklahoma. So I go out there, and uh, they introduce him and his wife and ch children's out there. So I, I bring this box of something. I don't even remember what it was. Um, you know, Oklahoma was – we had a lot of money, so it might have been a Rolex. Um, <laughs> no, we weren't cheap in Oklahoma. Uh, oh, this is Statue of Limitations. So I go out to Big Time Jones, and uh, I shake his hand. Welcome back, Big Time Jones. Congratulations, yada, yada. So he's like, uh, thank you, thank you. I said, so you don't remember me, do you? And he looks at me. He's like, uh, man, I just see you on TV all the time. You know, I'm, I live over and live in, you know, wherever, California. I watch the Oklahoma, man, you're killing this year. Boom, boom, boom. You're going to be a first-round pick, yada, yada. I said, no, 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 you don't remember me. And we were on this court, you know, back in, like, 1982. And I said, I came out here and asked for your autograph, and you basically told me to, you know, leave you the F alone. And he's like, oh, he's, you know, you knew he knew. Like, you could tell in the guy's face that he knew. And so he goes, oh, and, he, and and his wife goes, his name was Charles. And she goes, Charles, did you say that? Did you do that? And she, and she goes, I don't remember doing that. I don't think I'd ever do that. She goes, yeah, it sounds like you. You did do it. I go, Ooh. yeah. And so I told him, I said, I said, yeah, you did. And I said, I just want to tell you thank you for doing that because you've instilled in me to never do that to anybody because that was crushing to me. And I said, I would never do that to anybody because I wouldn't want them to feel the way you made me feel. And then you could just see the life going out of him after I said that. And I said, and I said, enjoy the game. I'm finna go ahead and finish finish this game. I'm getting ready to drop 45. <laughs> it was a rough trip home for the Jones. Yeah, it was a rough family. trip. Rough, rough trip. He never came, he never came back to any more get togethers either. You know what they say about karma. Yeah, it's a bitch. Yeah. Hey, uh, you guys are still working on a new flavor. Give me the hot sauce. You ready to reveal that secret yet? It's not this, yet. Not yet. Well, okay. it's it's kind of might be called this, voodoo. It might be called voodoo. It's his little voodoo doll yeah. right here. This is Tim's favorite thing right here. This is a little voodoo doll, and uh, I think it's supposed to be me. 
And, um, you know, no wonder why my hip is sore today because he pulled out a pin and I'm a little sore right now. Yeah, well, maybe we can. How about the, how about, let's, 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 Tim, let's pull out this little gift Tim gave me today. Tim, right. pull out, pull out this gift, Tim. Right. Show, show, this is a collector's item, America. Tim's, Tim's mother used to collect all kind of, like all kind of trinkets and things. Hold up, Tim. Let everybody see it. See this? See this? See this little doll right this here? Is a, this is like eighteen hundred. This little is going baby at doll. a good 80, 90 years of age. Yes, eighty or ninety years of age, and this is a collector's item. This is something that can. This is. I mean, when you talk about 18, 18, 19, 19 early nineteen hundreds. That's a very, you know, very cool little doll. Yeah, so handmade. Tim gave it to me. Tim gave this to me. I'm gonna put this in a glass case. So it doesn't attack you at night. Yeah. So <laughs> I, I got a little nervous, you know, because you see the conjuring. You know, any America, y'all seen the conjuring? You know, my biggest fear is that this thing comes to life at night, and I hear, I hear it walking, coming up the stairs. I'm like, hey, I'm the only one. Me and Don's the only one there. Yeah, Don's and then, neck. And then all of a sudden, the little dolls on Don's neck choking her. Stacy's mine. <laughs> He's all mine. The boy's mine. Oh, but this is a cute little doll. This is what Tim's Tim's got. His his mother collected these little trinkets here. So I really appreciate that, Tim. You know, you don't give me a lot of things. Well, you that's, know? that's history there for sure. Yeah, he, he doesn't give me wild. a lot of things, Mark. Yeah. And notice you didn't get anything. Um, he just gave it to me. Uh, that's that Tim. That's how Tim is. I'll find something for you, Mark. <laughs> hey, we know the uh, the hot sauce is flying off the oh. shelves. Tell the folks, Tim, how they can get some. Oh, America. Oh, Stacy will do it. Oh, well, Tim, please. you read it. No, you read it. Because, wait, I want Tim to read this. Go ahead, wait, Tim. Wait, I, I have to change it up a little bit. Go ahead, go ahead. If you like hot sauce and barbecue sauce, and you're listening to the right show, give me the hot sauce as the best small batch organic sauce to spice up your kitchen. Chicago red style red sauce with a garlic <laughs> twist. <laughs> Same fats, verde, green sauce. Wait, I hear something. Uh, oh, sleeping. God. I'm sleeping. Avocado and cilantro. Give energy, man. And our new hottest Atlanta asphalt, Chicago Fire 1871. Yeah. Which will burn your eyebrows off, yeah. America. Yeah. Or our King's Q that's hot and spicy and bold, just like Mr. King sitting here. Oh, I like that. Yeah. Like so that. use code hot sauce 21 to get 21% off. Oh, we get another code. That's right. But this is hot sauce 21. Hot sauce 21. Ooh. That's hot sauce 21. That's G I M M E. <laughs> TheHotSauce.com. Oh, you see he didn't spell out the rest of it. Yeah. Yeah, he was one of those guys in the spelling bee that would be out early in the first round. I just say it real fast. I don't know what I said, so they just passed me. We have T-shirts, mugs, and other swag, too. Swag. And just remember. And she'll like it, too. There we go. I think we've done enough damage for one episode. <laughs> we want to thank our special guest, Patrick Williams. It was great catching up with the Paul, working out with DeMar out in L.A., getting ready for a big third season in the NBA. And we want to remind you one more time, next Thursday, June 23rd, is the NBA draft. We've got a special show coming up for all our Twitch followers, so get on board. Go yes. to twitch.tv. Give me the Hot Sauce Podcast. You'll find us there. We're going to talk you through the first round, all the picks, look ahead to what the Bulls are going to do at 18. And more than likely, AK is going to do something that night that's going to have everybody going, man, I didn't see that coming. So we're looking forward to that. And it's going to be, a, as Mark said, it's going to be live interaction. So we want to encourage everybody to get on, ask questions. We'll be talking. We're going to have some giveaways for our hot sauce uh, that night. So it'll be a lot of fun. If you haven't got our hot sauce because you haven't gone to G-I-M-M-E, the hot sauce, as Tim's. 
Uh, we the winners of the contest we'll have it for you so uh, make sure you tune it's going to be a lot of fun it'll be our first draft the first give me the hot sauce draft show it's going to be a lot of fun yeah so make sure you make your plans to join us it's going to be an exciting night of basketball and speculation about the future of the NBA so again thanks to everybody for watching on Twitch we are coming at you with a live show next Thursday so until then Stacy drive home safely Chicago. <laughs> that was the voodoo doll talking. That was creepy, baby. Oh, Lord, help me. I've been shot. See you next week, Bulls Nation. Drive home safe.